Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is Life Links with the DL Link. Life Links is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Jessica is a registered clinical dietitian, and I love that she's called the green dietitian. And she's basically going to be unpacking what plant-based diets are all about and the kind of food we should be aiming at um, if we want to turn our health around. So, Jessica, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Jessica, let's look at this plant-based. You know, it's not the first time we've spoken about it on the show, but certainly mm-hmm more and more people are talking about plant-based diets. So let's unpack that. Like for people who are listening and have never heard what plant-based diet is all about, expand and explain if you don't mind. Sure. So a plant-based diet is a diet basically that focuses on plant foods. So foods like vegetables, fruits, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, whole grains, those are the foods that a plant-based diet focuses on and it minimizes animal-based foods like meat, dairy, eggs. So I guess some people follow a completely plant-based diet. So some people, for example, vegans don't eat any meat or dairy or eggs or animal products, whereas other people follow a more predominantly plant-based diet. So maybe 80 or 90% of their diet would be plant-based foods and then 10 or 20% would be animal-based foods. So there's different degrees of plant-based diets, but the idea that we want to promote is that eating more plant foods is a healthy way to live and we want people to be moving more towards a plant-based diet for for the planet and for their health. Okay, fantastic. Now, I know that um, your master's degree, you did a lot of research into the effects of plant-based diets. Um, and that was also to deal with your own health problems. And, and you landed up losing 15 kilograms. You radically transformed your health. So you're mm-hmm. a, a walking, talking example of the benefits of it. Um, perhaps yes. we can start off there, um, with you just really sharing your story. I mean, was it difficult to go onto just plant-based food in the beginning? And, and what were some of the benefits and and then we can go more into that. Sure. So I just want to mention my master's degree actually wasn't focused on plant-based nutrition. It was focused on surgical nutrition. But I was at the time I was doing my master's degree, I was struggling with some some health issues. So I was I had high cholesterol, I was overweight, I was struggling with chronic fatigue, acne, chronic low immunity. I was always getting sick. And I just couldn't figure out, you know, what was wrong with me. Blood tests showed that everything was normal. And I kind of came across research on a plant-based diet and decided to give it a try. And it just made scientific sense to me that eating more plant foods and less animal foods would be great for health and weight loss and lowering cholesterol. So I decided to really throw myself into it. And it was, I would say... It was a transition. I didn't really find it difficult because I've always loved healthy food. I've always loved vegetables and fruits and beans. But obviously, you know, giving up certain foods was tough. I think most people struggle to give up cheese and dairy products. So I did struggle with that. But the benefits of it were were so amazing that it was really worth it for me. You know, my energy was just 
incredible. I remember I used to have to have a nap every afternoon. And <laughs> since being plant-based, I had the most amazing energy, never needed to really nap. Um, I didn't get sick anymore, you know, with like little colds and flus and things like that. And my cholesterol came way down. I lost 15 kilos, as you said. And I even, my, my acne disappeared. So I just felt so amazing. And I just became passionate about spreading the message about the benefits of a plant-based diet. So you went quite extreme. I mean, you removed all kind of uh, animal products, uh, um, you know, being the meats and the dairy. So you mm-hmm. you just went for for plant based. Okay, so let's look a little bit further into this um, because I'm awful plant based. And as you said, you know, I think that the hardship is when it comes to dairy um, mm-hmm. because the, the I mean, yeah, I think it's difficult to to remove that from the diet. If we're looking at um, people who say, listen, human beings need to eat protein, um, we need to have some kind of protein in our diet, um, are you, if, we, if we're if we looking at that, is it the kind of meat that we're eating today that is so bad? Because, I mean, you're talking about a, a huge transformation in your health. So mm-hmm. is, is it that the meat that we're eating is bad? Is it that the milk that we're ingesting is not good because of the hormones and because of mm-hmm. the steroids and everything that goes into it? Because if you look at the fact that, you know, humans have been eating meat since the beginning of time, that has been the diet. You, you, you go to the paleo diet and the paleo dietitians are saying that's what we ate when we, when it all began. So, so what do you have to say, um, about, uh, about that? It's really complicated. So firstly, we know that early humans ate a variety of different diets. So if we look at Inuits, for example, who are still eating their traditional diet, they eat a a diet that's very high in animal fat and animal protein and very low in plant products. And then there are hunter-gatherer societies that we can look back on who ate 90% plant foods and very little animal food. So there isn't one traditional human diet because humans have lived all over the globe for thousands of years and have eaten what is available to survive. And luckily, as humans, we can survive on a a big variety of foods. So we can survive on mostly plant foods. We can survive on mostly animal foods. Um, But, you know, today we're not talking about survival. We're talking about thriving. Right. So what kind of diet do we thrive on? Um, Hunter-gatherers often only live till the age of 40. So we don't really want to look at their diet and say, well, that's the ideal diet because humans were just aiming to survive. Um, so I don't, that's, I guess, to me, the flaw in the whole paleo argument is, you know, paleo people didn't exactly have a great life expectancy. If we do look at the animal products that early humans ate, yes, they are different to the animal products that we eat today. Um, pre-agriculture, you know, humans ate kind of game meat, and game meat is a lot lower in fat and obviously doesn't have, you know, isn't treated with antibiotics. And even the diet of the animals that they were eating is completely different to factory farm animals. So um, that means that the type of fat found in the meat was different. So there are a lot of factors. But to me, the biggest thing is the amount of meat and animal products that modern humans eat is just way too much. I mean, if you think about like most people have bacon and eggs for breakfast or let's say just eggs for breakfast, and then they'll have 
you know, meat and cheese at lunch and they'll have chicken for supper. So they're at least, and they'll snack on biltong or they'll snack on some cheese. So modern humans are eating animal products at least three times a day, which is just not necessary. And the amount that we eat is probably what's causing a lot of our health issues. We're talking about plant-based foods. Um, and as Jessica explained at the beginning, you know, you've got different degrees of, of following a plant-based diet. You have those who have no animal products at all in their diet. And then you have those who add a little bit. Um, but we're, we're, we're basically out looking at, at the positive impact that eating plant-based, um, foods can have on your overall health. It certainly did with Jessica. And I'm sure, you know, Jessica being the green dietitian will share some stories of of some people who've had great results. And I think it's very important to look at it, especially during this time of COVID. People are talking about comorbidities, um, just looking at some pretty scary statistics because according to stats, they say the second and third leading causes of death in South Africa are diabetes and cerebrovascular disease, commonly known as a stroke. And both of these conditions are considered non-communicable diseases or diseases of lifestyle and can largely be prevented by consuming a healthy diet. Um, and these statistics go on. So, so Jessica, just to, just to ask you, you know, especially with COVID and people becoming aware of of eating um, more healthily feeding their immune system are you finding there's a lot of there's a shift in in what people are eating are people um, moving more towards plant-based eating I think there's definitely been a trend towards plant-based eating over the last five to ten years as far as I've seen in my practice yeah and in the last year or two I have seen people become more interested in eating for their immune health and especially people who have diabetes or have high high blood pressure or high cholesterol, you know, they are very, very worried about how those comorbidities might affect their risk if they did get COVID. So those types of people are really looking towards plant-based diets to see if they can hopefully bring down their cholesterol, bring down their blood sugars, um, bring down their weight. And yeah, I think it's, it's awesome that people are becoming more interested in a plant-based diet. Well, you've just got to walk around the supermarkets, right? And you're starting to see um, the shelves um, filling up with products that support mm-hmm. plant-based diets, which is hugely encouraging, really. Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic to see. So let's talk about someone coming to you and they say, um, I'm, I'm looking at um, moving towards a, a plant-based diet. Um, I do still consume quite a a lot of meat, a lot of animal products. What do you do with them? Is it cold turkey? Do you slowly wean them off? So for people who are listening now who really mm-hmm. are quite serious about considering it, what, what would you normally tell your clients? So I really believe in a gradual transition because I think it is a big shift away from most people's traditional diet. And I know for me, it took about eight months to fully transition to being fully plant-based. So I think I would usually tell people, I mean, I look at each individual's diet and see where it's easy for them to make some swaps, but things that are really easy to swap out are, for example, your milk. So milk that you use in cereal or tea or coffee, you can easily switch to almond milk or oat milk or soy milk. There's so many amazing plant-based milks available now at all of our supermarkets. And those milks are usually just as high in calcium as 
as dairy milk. You just need to check that they are fortified with calcium. So you can easily switch out your milk and then you're drastically cutting down your dairy consumption by doing that. And then I always educate people about how to get enough protein on a plant-based diet. I think it's really important to to make sure you're getting enough protein because people stress about protein and um, people aren't educated about people think protein just comes from meat and chicken and fish, right? Yeah, but actually you can get lots of proteins, protein from beans, legumes, grains have protein, even simple, you know, breakfast cereals like pro Nutro are pretty high in protein. So there are a lot of plant-based sources of protein. And I always educate my patients about how to include more beans, more legumes in their diet um, how to, you know, snack on nuts and seeds for some extra protein and to choose high protein products or high protein breakfast cereals to make their breakfast nice and high in protein too. So let me pause there for a second. Let's go back to the, the milks that you spoke about. So yes. again, um, you know, people now all of a sudden are seeing all of these products. They don't know what to choose. They don't know what's better. Um, and also when you spoke about the beans and the legumes and the grains as well, the way mm-hmm. to eat them, the way to prepare them, etc. So let's, let's start off with rice milk, oat milk, mm-hmm. almond milk, soya milk. Um, has it got to do with taste and what you prefer, which is healthier? I mean, if you, someone once said to me that, you know, you've got to be careful with soya products because they're high in estrogen. Firstly, there are a lot of myths around soy products. I would tell people to really do their research because scientifically, obviously, there's no estrogen in a bean. Soy, soy products are just a bean at the end of the day. Um, they contain phytoestrogens, which are plant molecules that look like estrogen. They do not act like estrogen in the body. So uh-huh. obviously, um, there's a lot of fear mongering about around soy products and people are very scared of soy products, but it's not true that soy products affect your estrogen levels or change your hormone levels. And they are high in protein. They are high um, in iron and zinc. So, and even omega threes. So soy products are really nutritious. I must say that soy milk is my preferred plant-based milk from a nutrition perspective. I know not everyone loves it from a taste perspective. So I think what's important when looking at plant-based milks is to, if you are having a good amount of milk in your diet, you do want your plant-based milk to be nutritious. Like you do want it to have a good amount of protein, um, if it has iron and zinc and calcium, that's that's also great. If you're just putting, you know, a dash of milk in your tea and coffee, it doesn't really matter too much which milk you drink because it's not a big part of your diet anyway. So whether that's rice milk or oat milk or almond milk, it doesn't really matter. I would caution people a little bit against um, too much rice and oat milk because it is very high in carbohydrates and a lot of those carbohydrates in rice and oat milk are actually sugars. They are natural sugars. They're not added, but especially if you do have diabetes or you have high blood sugar levels, having a lot of those plant-based milks would maybe elevate your blood sugar levels a little bit. That's very important. Thank you so much for that. Um, Jessica, just to also ask you about the bees. So you, you've covered the, the protein yes. and you've said that you can get the protein from the beans, legumes and grains, but let's look at the B12 specifically. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a vegetarian and I know that that's where I suffer. So what should mm-hmm. people be consuming more? Vitamin B12 is the one vitamin that 
doesn't exist in the plant kingdom. We don't get it yeah. from plant foods. So I really encourage people who are plant-based, whether vegetarian, vegan, or even just, you know, 80% plant-based to look at supplementing vitamin B12, because that is one deficiency that you can get when you're on a plant-based diet and you don't want to get it. Um, so yeah, there are products that are fortified with vitamin B12. So again, some of our breakfast cereals like ProNutro and some of our plant-based milks, some things like Marmite, they basically add vitamin B12 into those foods. The problem is that people don't necessarily eat those foods every day and they don't necessarily eat enough of them to make up all their B12 for the day. So I think it's just more reliable to take a vitamin B12 supplement. And that's what I advise my patients to do. And if you do take a vitamin B12 supplement, you won't get a deficiency. So it's the safest way to follow a plant-based diet. Okay. Last question, Jessica, on the B12. Sure. Um, you know, there's so many supplements out there. Some are better <laughs> than others. And I'm certainly not in, not asking you to endorse a particular brand, but is something, what should people be looking out for if they are going to be, if they're on a plant-based diet and they're taking B12 supplement? That is a very important question because I actually went through the pharmacy the other day and I looked at all the vitamin B12 supplements and there wasn't one that actually had a high enough dose of vitamin B12 in it. Um, at some of our health shops, we do have higher dose vitamin B12 supplements and those are the ones that I recommend. And the reason is because we really don't absorb when we take vitamin B12 in a supplement, we only absorb a small percentage of what we take. So if we, to give you an idea, I'll, vitamin B12 as adults, our needs for the day is 2.4 micrograms per day. If we took 2.4 micrograms in a supplement, so that would be 100% of our daily dose, we would only absorb about 30% of it. So we need to be very careful how we supplement B12. Taking a multivitamin with some B12 in it is not going to be sufficient. Um, Taking a small dose B12 supplement is not going to be sufficient. Taking a B-Co supplement is not going to be sufficient. You really need to find a supplement. I usually recommend finding a B12 supplement that is around a hundred times the daily dose. So around 240 micrograms a day. And I also recommend looking at the form of vitamin B12 in your supplement because there are some forms that are more absorbable or more reliable than others. So my preferred form of vitamin B12 is called cyanocobalamin. So that's just something to look at. But if you are worried about B12 and you are plant-based, definitely discuss it with your doctor or your dietitian. Um, You can also do B12 injections through a GP, and that's another good option for maintaining good B12 levels. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Listen, just very quickly, Jessica, before you go, because our next guest is waiting, but someone has sent through a, a message and asked um, about mm-hmm. cooking with olive oil versus coconut oil, if you don't mind mm-hmm. very quickly. Sure. I definitely prefer olive oil to coconut oil from a health perspective. The reason is coconut oil is high in saturated fats. So it is one of the the plant fats that is high in saturated fats. We don't have many plant fats that have a lot of saturated fat. Mostly saturated fat comes from animal products like, you know, meat and dairy and eggs. So if you are plant-based and your intake of saturated fats is very low, then you can definitely have a bit of coconut oil in your diet. But generally speaking, most people have a bit of high cholesterol or are trying to get their cholesterol down or just don't want to get high cholesterol and having too much saturated fats 
does elevate cholesterol. So I've seen in a lot of patients, you know, coconut oil has been very popular the last couple of years. So people actually started switching from olive oil to coconut oil. And I saw a lot of people's um, cholesterol going up. So okay. definitely for anyone with high cholesterol, olive oil is is better. And olive oil is really high in antioxidants and really high in healthy fats, your unsaturated fats. So it's great for risk of heart disease. I think people, especially with the cooking, because they talk about, you know, it's not, I've heard people say it's not as safe in terms of yes. um, if it's toxic, um, high, high temperatures that coconut oil is better at high temperatures. But I'm going to take what you said um, and, and hopefully I'll So if you eat, if you eat extra virgin olive oil, you can use it up to about 200 degrees for cooking. So it is safe at high temperatures. Oh, fantastic. Jessica, thank you so much. It's really been great having you on the show. And I have to say the way you've broken everything down makes it seem like going plant-based, you know, step-by-step is is an incredible way forward. I hope that we've managed to turn some people. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me.